Hello, friends, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage Podcast. Every week we talk about marriage and things. It's me and my partner, James. How are you? I am waking up. Waking up is hard to do. That was a little song that used to... Waking up is hard to do. James, you're not going to like this, but uh, right now you're sitting across from me and you're you're in a bathrobe and uh, you've got a bit of a, a chest tuft exposed. I've got an up bush. And uh, is that what giving, you call it? Chest hair? An up bush? It's the up bush, and it's giving you a wink a dink a do. It's like a beehive hairdo for your crotch. No, that's what? not what it's like at all. Now, I'm now too, I'm picturing... So I'm not entirely competent. competent. I'm not entirely competent. Coherent. You're Oswald Copplepot. Mmm. That's the nicest comparison you've ever drawn about me. A beehive pudenda. It would be like either an Amy Winehouse or a Marge Simpson downstairs. The downstairs Simpson is the new euphemism. Yeah, so sometimes, James, I, I can keep up with you to yeah. a certain point. Yeah. And then the references come so fast that I can no longer process so them. That was two. Amy Winehouse and the Simpsons Pudenda? <laughs> having, That's the lost album. I'm having trouble. Just like, I guess I can't even tell how many references are going on there. I don't know what I'm missing. Enter the downstairs Simpson. Is this what happens? It's been a while since you've watched a lot of MST3K. And and that's a show that has a lot of references flying at you all at once. I I worry that it's had a bad influence on you. I only dipped in and out. It wasn't a full uh, engorgement like years past. Mm. I did not consume to bloatation. Uh, Good. I'm glad to hear that. We watched the beginning of Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, which might be my favorite... It's a Maybe. good one. It's a good one. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's certainly a good one. I like how weirdly, what a weird peek into the minds of the local PBS station that that is. Because so if you don't know what this is, listeners, uh, this local PBS station in New York and another one in New Jersey teamed up to make a made-for-TV movie called Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, starring, weirdly, Raul Julia and a bunch of nobody else's, but oh. it's a, well, you know, uh, it, and so it's this science fiction thing that's kind of like the Matrix and that you go into this digital world and he's becomes transcendent through understanding bits and bytes. He's digi-destined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a ref- I can't even tell what we're talking about. Digi- is that a Digimon thing? Is Are digi- you a Digimon? Desti- yes. Yes, I am. Who, what is your Digisona? Oh, oh my god, James, don't say that like it's not a thing. I I know of things. So I've never seen a Digimon. In the wild? In the Anywhere. Oh. In the wild or in captivity. Oh. No, I've never seen the show. Uh, apparently, I was told in YouTube comments that the show had a progressive attitude towards the Digimon's gender. <laughs> so I don't know what that Did even really? means. Okay, it's the Steven Universe of uh, yes. catch-em-all of monster games? catching games, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I've never seen a Digimon. I don't know what the show's... I, I guess it's 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 Pokemon, but kind of off-brand. That's so sad to reach the end of your days, which you're doing soon, and, and to look back and be like, I never saw a Digimon. Yeah. Well, I guess... Uh, what what else have... Uh, what was the thing that... Oh, oh, I never touched a horse. Like, a few years ago, I realized I've never, never been in physical contact with a horse. Hmm. So I set out to fix that, and I did. Yes. I mean, the problem is you were you were overcompensating the way you touched that horse. I was not. You were making up for years and years away from the 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 horse was asking for it. Oh, boy. No, no, no. I just, I went to an apple picking festival and there was a Clydesdale there and I petted his shoulder. You picked his balls. And then I saw a horse. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. Beehives? Uh, Oh, the the beehive Digimon. Oh, the crow is back. Uh, Brandon Lee, folks, he's, he's returned. Um, we I'm told have, that that's a raven. Uh, never more. How can you tell? 
Apparently ravens are bigger. Okay. Well, we've got, uh, we've got blackbirds of some kind or another who come to eat our peanuts, and when we fail to give them peanuts, they scream at us. Yeah. So, you, you put out quite a handful the other day. Well, I want to make sure he doesn't scream at me. Yeah. So, you'll know, you'll know if he got the peanuts. So, we're recording this in a room with a window that looks out on an adjoining roof, and you can tell roof? when the blackbirds have, or ravens or whatever they are, have discovered the peanuts, because you'll see them fly away to our patio, and then they'll fly back over to the roof, and they'll have some peanuts in their mouths, and then they'll bang the peanuts against the the drainage spout thing until it opens up so every time it rains uh, like a, a wash of peanut shells comes gushing out of the the drain spout at the down at the ground that sounds almost exactly like our love making <laughs> god a wash of peanut shells there's a there's a banging there's a gush oh, there's you, a dry shell you i was so i was sweeping the patio yesterday and you were just standing there eating peanuts and shelling them all over the ground like literally i'm sweeping under your feet and you're just like distributing your peanut debris all over the ground as i'm sweeping this is not interesting it's to like anybody. one of those theme restaurants where you just throw the peanut shells on the ground and then the, the wench comes along and sucks them up I'm your wench. I'm your suck wench. You're the suck wench. That's lovely, James. Uh, yeah. w- what's what's going on with with gay marriage? Oh, beats me. Does it? Do we May still, I? Uh, yes. Do we still have it? Is uh, it a thing? For now. Okay. Uh, so it, there's been a little bit of news. Mostly, it's it's reasons to be concerned, but nothing's happened yet. Sure. So in Utah, uh, a fella just won re-election. His name is Lavar Burton. No, I oh. wish. Oh, don't take his word for it. Uh, Le- LeVar Christensen. Okay. Uh, which I guess, I don't know, that's the Christian version of LeVar Burton. Uh, mm-hmm. So, LeVar Christensen, he wrote the state's gay marriage ban, but it wasn't just a gay marriage ban. In 2004, it was gay marriage and civil unions and any kind of recognition, any kind of protection. So, no recognition whatsoever for any gays anywhere. Mm-hmm. He won his re-election uh, by three votes. Oh. Yeah. So they're going to do a recount. We'll see. Maybe maybe he'll lose. Maybe not. Maybe he'll win by a larger margin. Mm. But, hmm. ugh. Jeez. Were those three votes Ronald McDonald, the Grimace, and, and Mayor McCheese? A noted Utah residents? Yes. I don't... I'm trying to think. Is, is there anyone famous who's come from Utah? There has to be. Um, right? And I'm not just talking about, like, fast food mascots. Like, anyone. Because, obviously, Jack in the Box is from Utah. Utah Slim, the fastest hump in the West? Mm. I, I, that sounds like a challenge. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, LeVar. And then we've got three people... So, to wait, keep- he got reelected, but what does that mean? Like, I mean, it, what can he do? Well, uh, he's probably going to do something that LGBTs <laughs> don't like. We just don't know is the problem. Uh, he clearly does not want us to, you know, be able to visit our partners in hospitals. And, and well, all what that are we looking at here? Are we looking at RFRAs or what, what can he even do? Yeah, most likely. I mean, God knows what kind of ways they'll discover to, for anti-gay discrimination. One thing that we're keeping an eye on, is, if you'll recall... Or is the, it truly a secret? Because it seems like these plans, like, usually, like, you just have to look them up and it's like, oh, here's what they plan to do. So, uh, I don't know what's on his legislative horizon, okay. but we can probably assume that one of them is something we talked about in the anti-gay roadmap uh, video from last year, mm-hmm. uh, that it, these anti-gay politicians have discovered this thing uh, that they can do when a progressive city passes non-discrimination laws, let's say Salt Lake City, not that that's the most progressive city in the world, I, I don't know, oh, oh, where's where's um, Sundance? Where does Sundance happen? Colorado. Oh, for some reason, I thought that was in Utah. No, um, that's in Utah. Isn't it? Sundance? 
could have sworn Park City, Utah, or Park Park oh, City, Utah, isn't that? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of something else that's in Colorado. Okay. Anyway, the point is, let's say some town passes some law that says, okay, uh, non-discrimination protection includes LGBTs. Mm-hmm. So what state uh, politicians can do is pass a law that says no one can do that anymore. So your non-discrimination law uh, is null and void. Right. So that I would not be surprised about. I wouldn't be surprised if they pass something about bathrooms because they're obsessed with the bathrooms. Sure. They pass something uh, about, you know, turn away the gays. Uh, it's very likely that they might try to pass something affirming uh, ex-gay treatment. Mm-hmm. So there's all manner of stuff that, that might be possible for them to do. Also on marriage, er, it would be harder for them to do stuff, but it wouldn't, you know, to, to do stuff that, to completely take away marriage equality because it's a federal thing. Mm-hmm. But they could do things to erode it, like you know, just passing these these turn away the gays bills. Uh, they could easily pass something that says in Utah, oh, if you don't want someone to be married, you don't have to treat them like they're married. So you could just disregard their marriage certificate. So gays could get married, but it doesn't mean anything here. Sure, and that's the thing that's happening in Texas, in a whole bunch of places. But yeah, I believe yes, Texas is one of the. No, no, Mississippi's doing it. I can't even keep track of how many states are doing this. Mississippi has a particularly bad one. Uh, I want to say North Carolina was looking at one. Uh, yeah, so that's that's happening all over the place. The peanut shelling has begun. Oh, good. Yeah, you see? You see him poking away at that, at that peanut shell? Again, it's just like our lovemaking. Yep, just poke, poking poke, 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 away poke, at that poke. shell. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's going on in Utah. Now, at the federal level, we've mm-hmm. got three jerks to keep an eye on. Okay, uh, Ronald McDonald, the Hamburglar, and Mayor McCheese. Let's let's assign those as pseudonyms for these people. Okay, because yeah, that's that's what they need. They need pseudonyms. Uh, so uh, jerk number one is Betsy DeVos. Okay, so she is looking like she'll probably be the nominee for uh, not uh, appointee for um, the Department of Education, Secretary of Education. Okay. Um, And she's got all kinds of unpleasant things in her past. Uh, She is um, a billionaire uh, who owns a whole bunch of Republican legislators. Uh, She has donated to... uh, She's a major funder for uh, Focus on the Family and the Family Research Council. These are organizations that have done a lot of work to try to block gay marriage and and much further. They've, they've, you know, advocate for ex-gay abuse camps and, and all that horrible stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Betsy herself, um, you know, this isn't related to LGBTs, but she's a big backer of taking public funding for schools and giving it to private schools Mm -hmm. and has really decimated. uh, Apparently, Detroit's uh, education problem is is partially attributable to that. They don't they don't have any money for the public schools because it's all been given to private schools. Right. Look, with no accountability is is another problem there. You know, it's just like, hey, here, you have some money and and we're not going to check on how you're doing. Mm hmm. So anyway, uh, she also, her family uh, runs this foundation, and the foundation was involved in funding these huge uh, uh, anti-LGBT groups, and also, specifically, a bunch of anti-marriage, you know, marriage ban campaigns around the country. Uh, one of the biggest donors to the Prop 8 campaign uh, was her either her mother or mother-in-law. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And her brother-in-law gave half a million dollars to the National Organization for Marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's her family. Um, so she, as as Secretary of Education, she'll be in charge of a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, she'll be overseeing things like school bathroom policies and sure. anti-bullying programs. And uh, who knows what else? Um, there's, I mean, the, the anti-bullying things is, is a big one for education. 
but uh you know there's there's a risk there that uh, you know it's something like you know california has uh part of the curriculum there is learning about uh harvey milk and other lgbt people and who knows maybe she'll be like oh this isn't appropriate for schools to be teaching so i i don't know if the secretary of education could do this but could say no more no more talking about queers i mean we have seen states pass these, you know, so-called no promo homo laws. And can you imagine if the Department of Education's official policy was you can't talk like as in Russia, you can't talk about gay stuff in schools? Well, what what are the powers of the Department of Education? Like they they don't get to pick the curriculum for the country, right? And they don't get to block local schools from teaching certain things, do they? Or is it a thing? I mean, I imagine the power that they wield is that they can withhold federal funding um, if schools don't follow certain policies that they lay out? So they don't have a lot of control over policy. What they do, uh, one of their mandates is to uh, enforce federal laws regarding civil rights in, in schools. How do they enforce? What is their enforcement arm? I don't know. What they do is they collect data and they set civil rights uh, and privacy policies for schools. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly, like, if a school did something wrong uh, that they didn't like, I don't know how they would compelled the school to do otherwise i mean my assumption and this is just a wild guess is that their enforcement boils down to withholding money which is a pretty big stick if you are going after a school district that doesn't have a lot of money yeah the department of education's budget is 70 million dollars so uh i would it's assume not very much jesus that's like not even one fighter jet Sorry, $70 billion. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of. It's only one letter. But, yeah, so they have $70 billion to <laughs> to do whatever enforcement they, they feel they should. Okay. So, hooray! Well, okay, so she's a thing. Then we've got Jeff Sessions uh, is, is in the front running for attorney general. Mm-hmm. He's a session musician, I assume? Uh, yes. Yes, he uh, was an advocate for a constitutional ban on marriage equality. Uh, recently, like like far later than than was fashionable to be in favor of that, when it was clear that that wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, and he also, during, uh, in 2009, there was this hearing on this act called the Uniting American Families Act that would have uh, made it easier for same-sex couples that were binational to remain in this country. So if you were an American and your partner was from another country, uh, there's always a risk that your partner could just get seized and deported at any time, even if you were legally married uh, in in some state, in one of the states that allowed it in, at the time, in 2009. That was Queen Carlotta's policy. Well, oh, yes, the seize her and fuck her policy? That's correct. Yes. Uh, good, good, good. Uh, so anyway, so there was this uh, Uniting American Families Act that was supposed to make it easier for people to, to stay together. And there was testimony about it. And this woman was talking about this thing that actually happened. This wasn't a hypothetical, oh, no, what if this happened? Where they're just sitting at home and these uh, agents come and they, like, bust in and they put, you know, it's two women and they've got a kid and they put this mother in handcuffs in front of her kid and haul her away to get her deported. And so this woman is recounting the story of her wife being taken away in handcuffs, just, like, unannounced in their home. Mm-hmm. And sitting behind her is one of her children. And the child is crying in the audience as, as her mother describing this and jeff sessions like leans over and is like enough with the histrionics <laughs> jesus christ to this kid who's crying about his mother being arrested and sent out of the country uh so he's a really nice man mm-hmm. yeah so uh he would be attorney general yeah, uh, what, and what does the attorney general do uh just general stuff oh okay well. yeah uh so laws basically any 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 legal stuff that the that the country needs done oh great Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, deciding which side to take in litigation that involves the, the government, mm-hmm. um, 
bringing cases against people and uh, defending laws that already are on the books. So, great. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Tom Price uh, for Secretary of Health and Human Services. Okay. And so, what has he done? Is he uh, the the son of Vincent Price? Oh, if only. If only he had a little mustache and a sinister sneer. And he sleeps in a coffin. That that he may. Maybe he, may. Maybe he does. Uh, so he is a doctor uh-huh. uh, from Georgia. And uh, he's the one who says that before we pass any laws that grant LGBT people equality, we need to study the health and financial impact that LGBT equality has on, on the government. On the government? The government has, has health? No, 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 no. Well, on, I guess public health. So saying that giving giving LGBT people uh, equal rights uh, has a negative impact on public health and on fiscal, I don't know, the bottom line of, of the government. Okay, oh, well, line. Mm. so what, what are those negative effects? He hasn't said, which is so annoying. Like, I would just, I, I wish he would just say, like, oh, they're, I don't know, their butts are full of spiders or but, something. So we just know what he's talking But instead, it's just, you know, oh, this innuendo about, like, gay people are dirty. Well, okay. I mean, is he just euphemistically saying AIDS is expensive and gays spread AIDS? I guess he's saying... Is that, the, is that like, the dog whistle there? Or, or am I just adding something that like or, or is he really just spreading fear uncertainty and doubt like you know when someone calls for when someone who wants to build a parking lot and someone else wants to build a park in the same parcel of city land sometimes the person who wants to build the parking lot will say well this park could be really bad for the environment so we need to do a two-year environmental impact study on mm-hmm. the park um but the parking lot's ready to go um you know, I mean, is it just one of those things where it's like he knows there's no effect, but he's just using it to spread fear, uncertainty, and doubt? Or is it th- just a euphemism for gays get a lot of diseases and those diseases are expensive? I would suspect that it's the latter, that uh, gays are dirty and have diseases. Because he's saying, you know, he's talking about like uh, the consequences of activities that are outside the norm. Okay. So he clearly has like this feeling of like, ew, gays, gross. Okay, I mean, there is higher incidence of HIV among gay men than heterosexual people or women who have sex with women. So, I mean, it's not entirely wild um, that looking at the financial impact of that is something that, you know, maybe needs to be accounted for. Um, I mean, that said, it just seems like it's a public health issue like any other that needs to be factored into studies and budgets and not a a boogeyman. Yeah, like, so what he's saying is like, you know, laws that grant LGBT people rights, specifically, specifically, they were were talking about like any law that impacts LGBTs, and he called it uh, social legislation that alters things, which is just about as euphemistic as you can get. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, what is, what is, what is he saying that like, I don't know, allowing gay people to keep their jobs uh, shouldn't, we shouldn't let gay people keep their jobs because they get gonorrhea? Well, I think what what the argument probably would be if you followed it to its conclusion, and I could be wrong, is that by making it normal and acceptable and okay to have sex with someone of the same gender, you are encouraging people who otherwise might not go out and have sex with someone of the same gender to do so because maybe they would go into the closet or maybe they would repress it or maybe they would try to change their behavior if society wasn't conducive to 
gaiety. So the risk from a public health standpoint would be that by encouraging gay people, by lifting social penalties, like you could be fired, you could be evicted, you can't see your partner in a hospital, you can't adopt, etc., etc. By lifting those penalties, you're making it easier for more people to be like, yeah, I like to have sex with butts. Yeah, that, you know, that is a compelling argument that we should go back to the way the laws treated LGBTs and say like 1980 through 1982, that was a really good time for LGBT public health. Well, I think if you don't want gay people around, uh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, they'll wipe each other out. Uh, too sweet. I mean, they'll either go into the closet and repress or ch- try to try to be straight, uh, or they won't get health care. Uh, either way, it's a win-win if you think uh, that it's, a, it's a, a wicked, deviant behavior that is causing a, a moral and public health crisis. And it really does seem like he believes that, that it's it's something wicked and deviant and we need to uh, make it as unattractive as possible. And for those people who are just so intractable that they have to be gay, uh, I guess uh, we'll let them we'll let them go extinct. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like going back to the, the school thing, you know, I, we talked about this before where I, I honestly believe that, you know, teen suicide in these in these schemes is a feature, not a bug. I honestly think that deep, deep down at the core of some of these ideas is it would, a kid would be better off dead than gay. That is so, it like hurts me to think that. I mean, no one's going to say that. Of course. But if, you know, if, if all the conversion therapy and all the, you know, abstinence education and everything can't stop them from being gay, better they die and not shame their family. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an honor suicide. I mean, Ugh. yeah, essentially, essentially. It's in the in the same uh vein as what was it? Self-deportation? Huh. Uh-huh. I mean, it is sort of a self-honor killing. Yeah, and once they're dead, you can make up all kinds of stories about how straight they were. Sure. Uh yeah, so as uh you know, uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, he's in charge of a lot of things, uh including uh more anti-bullying programs. Uh, and also, specifically, that department handles uh, LGBT refugees uh, oh, from other countries. So, uh, good. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine, I, I don't know that this is the case, but health and human services also sounds like counseling and social work would mm-hmm. probably fall under there. Public health, all kinds of public health stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my dad, for many years, worked for the Centers for Disease Control doing HIV counseling and testing and uh, analysis of, of, of that stuff. He didn't work directly with clients. But, uh, you know, that kind of work, uh, saying like, oh, gee whiz, there's an LGBT health crisis. Uh, maybe it would be better to address it rather than wait for these people to go extinct because, gosh, for some reason, there just seem to be gay people still, even though they're dying in tremendous numbers, more keep appearing. Anyway, I'm sorry, this is this is this is going off in a weird direction. But well, I don't uh, know. I mean, I think that's very relevant because we're talking about the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, yes, I mean, it's are. maybe not directly marriage related, but it certainly affects the people who may or may not choose to be married. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's going to be in charge of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, none of these things directly touch the legalization of marriage. You well, know? Sure. Like, you know, health, Secretary of Health and Human Services, as powerful as he is, can't say, now you can't get married. 
But, you know, this, these three people that we've talked about form sort of a, I don't know, a cabal, a, a suite of, of, of forces aligning to make it very difficult for LGBT people just to live. Uh, but also, uh, you know, marriage is such a fundamental part of a person's day-to-day routine uh, of their lives that, uh, you know, whether you're sending your kid to school or you're going to secondary, post-secondary college stuff, or, you know, you're, you're I don't know, you're, you're in emergency housing and because your home has been blown away by a tornado and suddenly you can't bring your partner into the emergency housing because the official policy of health and human services is that uh emergency housing providers can discriminate uh well gee whiz suddenly it's we this this thing that we thought we had that was safe marriage uh there are all these vulnerabilities that are introduced into it so why did we think it was safe because i mean I, i didn't but i think the consensus was like okay this is done this is settled but we've seen with like roe versus wade and and with lots of things where there's been progress um meeting the progress is an equal and in some case stronger backlash that maybe doesn't attack the core freedom itself but erodes it around the edges to the point where it's unrecognizable as the thing it started as right right so i mean when you talk about like reproductive freedom uh you know you have uh, all these crazy laws about uh you can't have a clinic unless it has admittance privileges at a hospital or something or if like you have that. a miscarriage you have to have a, a funeral for your miscarried uh, yeah. fetus so i, I don't know what they're going to try to chip away with at, at marriage with but they're going to try for sure. And they're also like not giving up on the Supreme Court in the same way that they haven't with abortion at the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, just this week, um, I'm sure you recognize the name Matt Staver. He's uh, I think it's the, the ADF attorney who, you know, defended Kim Davis. And he's always making a name for himself by jumping into wherever there's some sort of marriage battle going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was talking about how uh, if they replace Scalia with someone conservative, well, they've still got the same split on marriage, but there'll probably be some more opportunities to replace someone else. And uh, then he said that they can finally conf- uh, what is what, what's the word confine conform consign consign marriage to the trash bin of hi- trash bin of history along with dred scott so that's something that's the goal that's what's on the horizon for them that's what they want to do uh, same thing with brian brown at national organization for marriage did something similar well i think that's uh, that's on the horizon for the people who for whom marriage is a major issue I think for the rest, the red meat for their constituency is just going to be chipping away at it to the point where same-sex marriage is a second-class kind of marriage, where it's full of caveats like, oh, your your husband is a man? Well, in that case, uh, or, you know, your spouse is a man? Well, in that case, we don't have to do X, Y, and Z if we don't want to. Or you have to drive three counties over to get your license. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so... That that seems likely. That seems like uh, something that, that we've got to worry about. And we thought marriage was safe because, you know, we won the Supreme Court. They said you can get married. And we all know what marriage is. Marriage is just the thing where you go down to the courthouse and get your thing and then everybody's happy for you. I mean, no one thought this was going to happen. I mean, I know you made a video about a year ago about the, um, what was it, HB... Uh, something something oh, it was one of those hbs it was yeah. an hb but it was you know a bill that was sort of showing well okay so now that marriage is legal across the country here's how we like we talked about earlier here's how states can basically come up with laws that make non-discrimination illegal um and that's sort of the first step to chipping away at the protections of marriage so i mean like i i don't know i, I mean it, it i don't know why you'd ever think something is safe i think smart legal people uh, were aware of the challenges that were likely to come. I think most people, I think public opinion was like, we did it, we won, the end. Sure. I do have some good news to go out on. Oh. 
Yay. So uh, there's a lovely video going around on the internet of these two guys uh, who like to do Power Rangers cosplay, mm-hmm. and they're doing their Power Rangers cosplay, pew pew, doing all kinds of stances and poses and things, and then one turns around and the other's proposing to him. And it's very nice and very sweet, and the two Power Rangers kiss. Does someone make their monster grow? There is an explosion. Oh. Uh, added in post, but uh, yeah, there's kaboom, there's big explosion fireball behind them. And Goldar's there. Ah, my queen! James, can we just imagine for a moment their wedding? I hope someone's dressed as Rita. I hope Rita performs the ceremony. Sure. I hope she is the efficient. Uh, and then and she ends She ends by complaining about her the headache. headache, yes. Uh, and then gets into the dumpster. <laughs> and then the, boys, the boys get in the dumpster, too. My work here is done! <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the wedding party, they're all standing. All the monsters are there. The lipstick monster. Sure. Mmm... The one that, that eats cars and smells like a fish. I'm working on a monster that eats cars and smells like a fish. Well, stop it! What's John Lennon doing there? Uh, it's my Finster. Oh, your Finster? James. What? John Lennon is Finster. Maybe. We don't know where he is. Mm. Uh, that's... Yeah, okay, sure. He's been hiding inside Finster this whole time? Very likely. Very likely? Very... That's the most likely scenario. Okay. Would you Would you want to have a Power Rangers wedding? No. Would you would you get married if if it was a Power Rangers theme? No, if if we had to get married um because you were pregnant, I would want no kind of wedding. I would want to just go in a dark room with an iPad and mash my face into the screen until it accepts my wishes. You know, for someone who's been doing a marriage podcast for as long as we have, I don't think you have even the the basic fundamentals of what the process is. You know, so you and a judge take a dumb waiter into a dark cistern beneath the the crypts of the state house, and then because we live in the future and it's a paperless society, he hands you an iPad with the marriage vows written on it, and you kind of mash your flesh into it until the machine says "flesh accepted." Does it actually take? Does it take a pound of flesh? Yep, that's that's the cost. That's what uh, HB69 uh, was all about. You have to give a pound of flesh if you're going to gay marry. So am I there or is it just you? Uh, you do it independently. Uh-huh. And then the judge, because uh, the judge has to make sure it's impartial. And then the judge compares the two iPads. And if they are compatible, uh, grants you the right to consider marriage. That's nice. That sounds really sweet. Um, it's called pre-Cana. It goes back to... Uh, the wedding at Cana, where Jesus got everybody real drunk and then stole their keys. Oh, now, so now you're making Bible references, which I definitely am not going to get. You know all this obscure, the weird parts of the Bible, but I don't know any of these things. Oh. So you could tell me anything. You could tell me anything in the Bible, because there's enough weird stuff in there that I'd be like, I guess that's a thing. I guess Jesus could become a werewolf. Oh, you read that part? Yeah. Well, oh. I, I assume that's the Cana of, of pre-Cana. Canine. I see. Pre-Canine. Yeah. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, I, I guess that's all the, the news that's fit to nose this week. Anne Rice has the rights to the Vampire Chronicles back. Oh, that is big news. Yes. Well, she, well. I did, who had them? Uh, I don't know. Some One of the studios. Uh, but now she and little Christopher, her, mm-hmm. her little, uh, ooh, gay marriage son, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are working on a pilot to do the Vampire Chronicles as a TV show. Ooh. Which really is, uh, uh, you, there's no way you can fit one of those books into a movie, nor should you, because a movie with any kind of budget would have to appeal to a lot of people. And there's a lot of unappealing ideas 
um, in a lot of her books. Uh, I, I would agree with that. That is interesting. Would it be set in the same time? Would it be set in the 1800s, right? Well, I mean, I imagine so. Fascinating. Uh, it wouldn't be like modern day, I don't know, with Christian Slater. Christian Slater could be in it. I highly doubt it. I, I have a feeling, since she and Christopher are working on it together, it would be, and she's now confirmed that Louis and Lestat are a gay couple. Mm. Uh, that it would be super oh. duper gay. Oh my goodness, James! What? Uh, like a gay couple, a gay vampire couple in the eighteen hundreds. Sure. Oh my goodness. Sure, with their little daughter that they got to try to fix their relationship. Yes. Oh, played by Kirsten Dunst. Well, she might be a little old for it now, but I don't know. No, could... no, no. She's aged well. Sure. She she's good. She she's looks a baby good. doll. Yep. Uh, that would be so great. Oh my goodness, I can't think of of. Anything, I'm sure this exists. Listeners, I'm sure you'll want to correct me about this. I can't think of any show of, like, gay couples in the U.S. in the 1800s. Like, what would that life be like? What were their lie Like, I would I would love to see that. I would love to see. I, I, and also, I'm sure, I, like, I'm thinking of this very romantically. Like, oh, they're just they're just so in love. That, yeah. is, that is not exactly the Louis and Lestat relationship, is it? It is not. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking of them, like, having a very domestic life. And, oh, I love you, my dear. You know, like how we talk to each other. Sure. I love you, my dear. Oh. It's like the computer in Star Trek. Mm, Computing. Uh, Listeners, thank you so much for joining us once again this week. Uh, Please do let us know your thoughts. I'm at Matt Baum on Twitter. You can also get my book, by the way, a lovely Christmas gift. If you're looking for the the person to shop for the person in your life who likes to read stories about uh, people who fought for marriage equality over the last 40 years, my book, Defining Marriage, is out in paperback and audiobook and ebook. Uh, makes a lovely stocking stuffer if your stocking is the size of a book, Ooh. in which case uh, I assume you're shopping for an elephant. I guess I, I don't Most know. I don't Christmas know how... stockings are oversized. I suppose. If you tried to wear a Christmas stocking, it would be uncomfortable. I don't think I've ever worn a Christmas stocking. Not on your feet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can get my book. Uh, you can go to definingmarriage.com for the links to all that stuff. You can also leave a review on iTunes, which would be lovely. And uh, I think that's it, James. By the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Marriage, you want a man? <laughs> what? That doesn't make sense.